I think so. Mine's more deeper. Tone, tone-wise, we have like similar voices. Yeah, you do actually. I think so. Yeah. It's because your name is Nana, my name's Nana. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> she has both of our names, Nana and Quia. So I have the combination of the two. Wonderful. If they two had a child, it would be me. <laughs> that would be I'm, so I'm weird. not sure. I'm not sure what to respond <laughs> to that. Okay. All right. That's Is perhaps we should start. Are we recording? We're recording. Okay. We're recording. <laughs> we got all of that. Okay. We got all of that. So if I decide know, to. So Atmos. All right. So welcome to another episode of For Evans Sake with myself, Ni Odate Evans, my lovely wife, Nana Evans. Hello. And today we are joined on the sofa by the queen, the boss lady. <laughs> Why are you looking like that? I'm just waiting for the intro to finish. <laughs> I'm hoping it's a five minute intro. We we don't have five minutes. I'm sure I'm sure there are accolades enough to to give you a five minute intro. Award winner. Award winner. Thank you. Anything else? Um all round brilliant person. Yeah. This is you're, good enough. You're a G. Yeah, you're I a like certified this. G. Uh, that's even you know boss the boss lady yes. of the British blacklist. Hello, the queer geography. Hello, how are you doing? There? I'm fine, thank you. Okay? you. How are you? I'm, I'm fine. Right. This is bad. good. This is fun. Did I um? I didn't butcher your name like. Most how of... can you imagine Ghanaian butchering know, butchering another Ghanaian? You know every time. No Ghanaians that butcher. I know it's true. Even I butcher my own name. Every time, like you're on TV, and they they butcher your name in a certain way. It, a little bit it of hits my in heartbreak. the chest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the last one, it was maybe two years ago, and before they prep you, and they're like, they always say, How do I say that? I'm going to write it down for the presenter, or write it phonetically. And I remember breaking it down, and then on screen, it was like destruction. And I had to correct them on screen. Oh, I was like, like, no, but do you know what? Because I couldn't let it go. Because the fact that you asked me pre- beforehand, <laughs> and normally I'm kind of, you know, we, we learn to be polite yeah, and tolerate yeah, yeah, these things. Yeah. Um, but I had to and uh, that, I did that clip I put a clip up on social media yeah. and everyone was like wow you really said it yeah, straight you have to didn't mean to you do it to. like that but I was on um, Five Live the other day um, with Nihau yeah and again beforehand the researchers are like so how do you pronounce that exactly. and I'm like Neodate Evans and I've given it to them phonetically and everything like that but still I had no hope like I was just like <laughs> it is what it is and then we get on air and man said it like he was from Jamestown Oh, wow. He just went, so today we have Neodate Evans in the studio. Wow. I'm it's like, always that moment of, oh my God. I was like, rah. Man did, so yeah, respect to Nihal for that. Um, so we're here today and we're going to jump into this. The last last couple of weeks on social media has been, a, it's interesting is a word, but it's also been depressing yeah, at times. Um, where obviously R. Kelly has dominated the, the news cycle on the timeline. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to, have a discussion about this but I didn't necessarily want to have a discussion about R. Kelly that kind of went on like R. Kelly R. Kelly's a predator da 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 Bon R. Kelly whatever whatever because we know all of this yeah yeah. the thing that has been on my mind is watching I've been dipping in and out of the documentary so I haven't watched the documentary in fall I probably won't I probably won't to be honest but I've been dipping in and out of various documentaries about it and one of the ones that I was watching recently was a, a BBC free one. And it was following parents of one of the girls who basically has been, yeah, you know, is there. That's with, on Joyce then. That's the Savages. Oh, is that the one? Savages. Is yeah. that what the BBC three one did? Yeah, there was there's two, there's I two. I avoided that one. Why? Oh, really? When it came on Yeah, because year. I had a little bit of, um, it's so, it's so mad. Cause I've watched the R. Kelly, the recent one, Surviving R. Kelly. In in its in 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 its entirety, mm-hmm. um, for some reason, when the BBC Three one came about, I had this kind of defensive mechanism where I was thinking, "Why are the BBC getting involved in this story? Why are they interested?" I did think mm-hmm. that because, and I'm, and it's funny because the conversation that's come post all this stuff, yeah, there have been obviously the few that have been like, "This is racism. Why are they focus on the black man? Let them do it on someone else before they come and talk about R. Kelly. Let them yeah. focus on their own and the yeah. Weinstein's and all the others." So, and then I was being like, shut up, don't talk like that because it doesn't matter who they are, what race, let's get them all. Yeah. But I had a defense mechanism to the BBC one because like, I think because it's the BBC and it's British, I was like, well, why are you guys motivated to tell this story? And there's so many other stories in the UK that you could be talking about. And I know it's not logical, but I felt defense. That's I didn't want to watch it. I, I totally get that because when I first came across it, when I first came across it, I did think to myself, I'm, 
intrigued as to why this is because generally on the normal news cycle R. Kelly is not a thing and I think he's not someone that is on their exactly and so you got this 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 guy he's gone out to America and I'm like what's your what's your motive why are you interested but then at the same time where there has been a lot of rhetoric online about yeah but no one's saying nothing about Hugh Hefner and no one's saying nothing about Harvey Weinstein why is Harvey still did it and I just think you know what it doesn't make sense to compare one scumbag to another scumbag. Yeah. A scumbag is a scumbag. Right. Yeah. We that's not helpful in any way, shape, or form. And if there are people in our community that are behaving like this, then they have to be outed. Yeah. Like that's just neither, neither here nor there. Yeah. But going back to one of the things that the going back to the savages and watching some of that documentary and and just seeing some of the really bad choices. So now, R. Kelly is a thing at the moment, but let's not forget that I think it was back in 2003 or 2004 when the Boondocks did that episode where they just effectively held up a mirror to the community and said, yeah. this is how you are empowering R. Kelly. Yeah. Is this you your guys, king? Yeah. You guys yeah. are legitimizing this dude. And so none of this is new. And so with all of that in mind, videotapes in mind and, and all of the, the goings on that happened in that, the goings on that happened in that, then it's like, why then as a parent I have a child who wants to pursue a career in music. Would I, I could, do you know what? I would even buy a meeting with him. Yeah. Mm. But to the point where I'm going to leave you in the studio, I'm going to leave you in the house. These are really bad choices. And I think we have to, there's something about celebrity that leaves, and money, not just celebrity, and mm. money that leaves regular people disillusioned and making very bad choices. And I think that's, that's something that, by talking about it, I think that we can at least send something you out know, there where people are more aware of I think that was that. The, the missing link for me in the documentary, mm-hmm. Surviving R. Kelly, because you had them, you why had the you parents there, them? and it was like, why was that never, or even if they did ask them, why wasn't it shown what their response was? Because it leaves these extra questions that can they keep did, on going around. They did kind of say like, because the guy, the, 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 the mum and the dad are kind of, def- it's not defensive overtly. They kind of were like, you know, the, man, the the dad was like, I know as a man, I think he was overconfident. Like there's no way our kid's gonna get my daughter because I'm there. And you before, the, before, before all of that, my point is that I'm not taking my daughter to an R. Kelly concert. I'm not because I already canceled him, but then they hadn't. Obviously yeah. they're the people yeah. that like, yeah were doubtful maybe oh yeah definitely that was the care that's how it started yeah. and then the fact that he called her up on stage yeah so it's like the as you said the celebrity and the gasman that's when it starts to break down for me yeah yeah no it, but that the, the carey situation um oh is that a different family is that yeah, the, not the a, savages yeah the, no the, the, so the savages she actually went to the studio and was like actively she was a singer as well but I don't know if jo- Joycelyn was slightly older, but she definitely had more reign than the Carey's girl. Um, okay, I need to clarify who's who. So I forget, I'm forgetting. The Savages who. are the family that actually have been quite pivotal in everybody knowing about it because they've been actively petitioning him for a while. The Savages, that their daughter has long hair um, and was wearing a bandana a lot of the time, but she is still with R. Kelly at the moment. Light skin, long hair. And is, but the the, is Carey's, that the mum and the dad that went to the concert? No, that's the Carey's. Okay. And their daughter has curly hair and is slightly darker. So then who's the one who got her daughter back? Dominique. She had been there for eight years. Yeah, and what's her And her, her mum's, mum's called um, Michelle. So it's the Savages I, I'm not clear on then. They, were they on the Surviving R. Kelly yep, documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were there as well? Yeah, the, the Savages are there as well. But oh, yeah, the Carey's were yeah. in it more because the Carey's were the one who actually had their um, daughter go with her. So they had a daughter in the yeah, final the one stages. Isis, yeah, who Isis. went to go and yeah, yeah all that. Okay. Really, I think that family they were as responsible as you could be in letting R. Kelly yeah, have that's access to your child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's R. Kelly, and he's a predator. And but I get you know in all of the celebrity they had, they ignored that. They ignored their instincts. So going back to the savages, yeah. what was the process of the savages? The, um, I think Joycelyn was being mentored by him. And so she was in the Off studios. her own back. Yeah. And she yeah. was at school. But they were in contact with him as well. Mm. Okay. It's a similar MO. So, you know. There's definitely. He does, uh... he does get in contact with the parents. You have access to his team. You have access to his manager. 
and then to a certain point it ends and you can't get through to them i suppose and so before that it's like of all i know it feels like okay maybe we can get further but the common sense is that who has r kelly broken into fame thank you exactly. that's exactly what because i was saying my thing is like even if you're like you know what we have a history he broke this that 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 and so there's evidence to exactly. say like at there's least 20 girls for... that he had actually made huge their stars. and then you can be like okay so and then they're okay even they managed to get through and he didn't get because that would have even reinforced the fact that mm-hmm. maybe he's not so deep and you could have been a bit convinced that mm-hmm. this is not as bad as you think yeah but no he hasn't broken nobody yeah there are so many other record labels and stars out there like you could i know it's not i know it's a dime a dozen and i know that um you know it's a stab in the dark or whatever you don't know who's going to pick up, or you don't know who's going to make your child famous. But there's so many options. Yeah, don't have than to go, somebody don't have who to go has to been on trial, yeah. somebody that's been on trial, who has a sex tape. Like you know, there's you, all you have to do is Google him. Even within that time, you could Google him, and loads of the older women now who were like in their twenties and thirties were talking about him online. So there's actually like a stream of consciousness that you could be like, hmm. Actually, this dude seems quite. And you dodgy, don't need actually. this guy to make my child famous. No. Like even it's just it's even the the spirit and the fabric around your child's fame. Yeah. Like, yes. do you do want, you it want to him to be? be that's yeah. the legacy. Exactly. As, and even just the um, watching Dame Dash earlier on talking with Nick Cannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cannon is yeah. that another conversation. Oh, you not seen oh, that? You not seen not that one. So Nick Cannon's got a podcast, Cannon's Class, um, and Dame Dash was on there talking about it. Um, yeah. What was the one that you? Were, that was the first video clip. It's a video clip on YouTube. Um, I can't remember the presenter's name. Big, a big guy, and they're talking and sitting on the couch. Is that the Kenyatta? Oh, that's Kenyatta. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah. one. That's the one I saw, and okay. I have so much to say. Um, when he was talking about Aaliyah, and both of them were talking about Aaliyah, they kept saying underage, 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 and there was an overlooking of number one, underage still comes in. There's a catchment area between like sixteen, no, well, underage to maybe 20 something maybe 23 let's say put a benchmark of 23 and you're in this space you're still quite young and Dame Dash he was going on uh, and maybe it's um, maybe it's because I'm speaking publicly now because I have my thoughts a bit harsher (laughs) in closed doors but I was a bit like you were 29, 30 when you were dating Aaliyah who was 21, 22 did she die what age did she pass Um, I think she was 23 23 when she yeah, passed or yeah, something like that yeah. so the, t- the age that he dated her and he's 29 I don't think my child could come and tell me mm-hmm. I wouldn't be comfortable necessarily if her mm-hmm. man was in the 30s and my daughter's going to be 19 so 21 maybe if her man's going to be 30 I might be a bit questionable about that yeah. so there's that Yeah. and in the pictures he does look like a, a big older man. guy a big to man. her yeah. that's that so and what she's been through with R. Kelly she might have been she's been groomed yes so she's been through stuff that she shouldn't have been through yeah so she's already a bit maybe mature before her time so yeah. she might have older man issues mm-hmm. or something yeah. but there's that space of being in the industry so i wanted and i also thought dame if it wasn't for alia i'm sure she wasn't the only young ting in a mix in amongst the mix at the height of rockefeller at the height of his fame and jay-z's fame and everybody else's Definitely. fame during that time yeah so how many girls did you notice and did you stay quiet on and you're being very you know, I pulled myself away and I was angry with Jay-Z and all that stuff. But if it wasn't for the fact that you dated Aaliyah, whose child you did you care? notice? Did you even, would you I even think that's cared? totally valid. And also, yeah. and then the final thing was like, it was always a question about, always a conversation about, I would keep my daughters away from men. Yes. How about, let's talk about raising boys, men in this space. How, mm-hmm. why is no one saying, you know what we need to do, bruh, is talk to man them not to have this attitude not around predators them and yes. not look at women in this way. Yes. So, because you know our hip hop culture, you know our R&B culture, some of it, we have, as much as rock stars do the little sexy woman thing, it is, I'm not saying it's better or worse, but um, there's, it's less graphic and explicit than our hip hop R&B culture. Yes, yes, we have a sexualization yes. of women and it's, very derogatory to yeah. the point so there's a whole culture that damon's been a part of yeah so he's not exempt yeah but there was no conversation about accountability about men and how men are and how young men are and how we raise boys and i felt like that conversation was a bit it was too easy to yes. be like vex and you were and again sorry for this last point you were with alia for about a year or two mm. and in that you even said that we he was usually recording she was away filming for they most spent of it. very little time very together. little time together yeah. and you're really harping on about my angel i loved her i don't want to 
I'm not saying because you can fall in love with someone like that, but it just seems very easy to be like, yes, she's my angel. Yes, it's about, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, I've always struggled with Dame's relationship with Alia. Like, just like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. But then I think I've, so when I was at school, I remember mm-hmm. girls in my year and I'm talking about being 14 or 15. And I remember girls being picked up from school by yeah. men in XR2s and XR3s. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. And and I always was just like, I don't understand why, even at that age, I'm like, I don't understand why you, big man, want to talk to the girls that we were, yeah. we were talking to. And so I, it's, it's, I wish I had an answer because I don't even understand the attraction and I never have understood the attraction. I mean, that's a... It's, it's a, a, yeah, I went to a girl's school and that was definitely a thing from as soon as year nine. Now, now I know 30 odd year old women who are absolutely not getting chirps. But when you're 14, you can't walk down the street without somebody in a car or a big man trying to holler at you. It's like it's instant. You get into year nine, year 10, they come from all different directions and there are I followed one of my friends <laughs> to somebody's house and he was I was so surprised when I got there he was probably about 35 and, and I'm were... not even thinking with a young head he was he may have even been older you were 15 was, or I was 15 he was a big man bit like I went into the house like what the hell they called him Cash. Who knows what his name is? You never know. Maybe there's some other girls that were also picked up by Cash. But he gave money. That was his allure. It's like shoes, yeah. buying stuff. And there was a few girls in my year that had that big man. And see, I oh, I went to a middle class, upper class school in Wimbledon. So I never noticed that. And none of our friends were into that. But then I might not have known our circle went. Yeah. doing that I, so I, I never had that in our space but I'm yeah. sure it went on um, in like in other schools and stuff but again it's like all those type of conversation is always then lev- levied against the girl yeah what yeah. Are you doing fast girl and even with that Drake video that came out with yeah. him saying to the girl on stage I mean it was a, the headline was a bit of a clickbait headline I don't believe I didn't see I watched it I didn't see him fondle the girl's breasts yeah. 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 yeah however him saying um, why do you, why do you look like that? Yes, that's a that's a little it's a subtle on, comment. It's already but it's on leverage on her. Yeah. Rather than you as a man, you look at a girl. You knew she looked young, she but did. you and made she was this dressed quite young as well. Yeah, so mm. you made the assumption that maybe you probably saw that because there was something in you're in the flow of it. Then you thought, hold on, let me ask how old she is because she does look young. Then you turn around and say, why do you look like that? That's the only thing I had a, more of a problem mm. with. Yeah, why do you look like that? And that's what guys and that's yeah. been the thing. Because black girls, I mean, young girls, yes, they get shape, but black girls tend to get shape. Yeah. And like, you can't put on, sometimes, you know, even me, I've got the shape. And if I put on something that's pretty straightforward, it already looks sexualized because I've got yeah. some mm-hmm. shape. So I can't even wear clothes. But yet, if something happens to me because of my shape, people are like, well, what are you wearing? And yeah. why are you trying yeah. to look it's like this? On you to it's on you to be changing yeah. instead of it actually being on the mindset of, of why man. are you like, even looking at that yeah. person? Especially when the girl was in a school uniform. And maybe it does have something to do with poverty. I was just thinking like just the angle Escapism, of money yeah. was definitely a factor yeah. in the, it was like three of my friends with three of these guys' friends didn't last very long, but that, that money transaction and buying things. And we, I just didn't get into what was happening, you know, sexually, what was going on. I don't know. But even if you're hanging out with this person like a friend, why, as big men at 35, why would you want to hang out with schoolgirls? When we were there, it was just giggling. You know, it was just schoolgirls. It was just chatting nonsense, yeah. talking about music. Why would you want to be around that energy? But yeah. you are. And actively like speaking mm. to them on the phone. Very sinister, but it carried on. It was a thing that this older man predator that would just hang around the school. And especially as a girl's school, I just think they would be interested in other people had similar stories in their schools. But that that was a thing with my school. So even going back to the Drake thing, like, why do you think then? So if we, we, we've acknowledged that the, 
the article was a was a bit clickbait, but yeah. at the same time, the contents was also yeah. still suspect. It was suspect. still questionable, yeah, but still I, questionable. I think you kind of got to keep it, you got to keep it straightforward in these matters because people are so quick to be like, oh, it's been set up and then the black man angle. So I think, especially with the blogs, instead of trying to get the clicks, p- put the facts out. It was still mm. questionable in itself mm-hmm. from what he said. But then also with that, you tie that then into the relationship, the the platonic and i'm using air quotes relationship with this this young mm. girl and you're you're texting why now are we not having the same type of energy towards drake that r kelly is getting there was a little bit but it was brushed away because but, but I why think, but because why? i don't because people love his music it's i think it's right, that so, because so he's they're... so far so good with drake and i was millie bobby millie bobby brown the girl that's in mm-hmm. stranger things so um uh, I think because she's explained it away, but, but isn't that exactly? The but that's what R. Kelly's R. Kelly's. Yeah. Uh, the girl herself has explained it away. But yeah. R. Kelly's girls will say, "I'm fine with R. Kelly," and then she's the still in the grips. I think I, I'm not making excuses by him. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she and she. I think she's still. She's not from a broken home. She's not estranged. Yeah. Her parents are on board. So even if her parents are like, maybe I point it because I. Th- it's so funny because I can see. Even me as a journalist, I might interview, for example, I interviewed Damson Idris, for example. Mm-hmm. So I've got his number. Yeah. So I might, uh, well, we haven't, and I don't. And he's, I mean, he's 30. I think he's in his 30s or late 20s. So there's no reason for me to do anything inappropriate, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, I might be like, hey, bro, how are you doing? Saw this, congratulations. Yeah. His age doesn't necessarily come into it. So, may, or, or even let me go to someone else, Jaden, um, who was in The Nutcracker. So he's like 17, 18, 19, I can't remember how old he is, but he's in a he's teen. Yeah. So I might text him like, oh my God, I might. Yeah. I haven't and I don't, but I might feel comfortable because I've had an interview with him, had an interaction with him. I might be like, well done, this is good. And if he wanted to talk to me um, to get some advice, I'd say, look, this is an open conversation. Okay. Yeah. Now, if the p- headlines got hold of it, you know, I'm not going to say my age. <laughs> old lady old lady who wants a British blacklist has been texting um, yeah. the, the guy who was in the Nutcracker yeah. could that be turned to be and because I'm a woman I know I'm exempt mm. from that predatorial yeah. title yeah, yeah. yeah. which but, is even a thing in itself because there are so many women that are predators. so many and we get away with it because we're yeah. women so yeah. it's like I say we shoot I'm not excluding myself <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I mean people I'm not including myself in that title yes, so but no. you know yeah. it, it would be, aside from the fact of me being a woman I understand how easy it could have been. So maybe I'm not that speaking for Drake intro- yeah. and I'm okay, not yeah. saying anything. I would think Drake, don't be dumb, but I'm also thinking there's that, as you were saying, there's that industry moment mm. where you're in the industry and there's, you, you're both an actor, you're both in the industry, you automatically become peer to peer. Well, especially when you see them and like, say you're all at um, some Grammys party or Emmys party, yeah. it's peer to peer. So then, that barrier is kind of broken where at any other place, you're not going to be at a party with a 14 year old. Why? Yeah. yeah um, so there's some of that, yeah. but I'm not saying, excuse me, I'm just saying this is the... African sensibilities or, but, or or whatever. No, I can't even, I can't even put it down to African sensibilities. Not to say that Africans are exempt, but even in that situation, there are just some things that I would always be uncomfortable yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. I just won't do. Exactly. Like you put the boundaries on yourself and... I do think there are eyes on Drake at the moment because mm-hmm. of this. If anybody is in the kind of questionable, let's watch them and also not have an R. Kelly situation take place again. They're watching Drake. They're watching Drake. Mm-hmm. And it may be unfair. I don't know. He hasn't even spoke on it, but he doesn't do interviews. But there's eyes on him now. And I think in light of this documentary and the the energy that is being put into let's really mute R. Kelly and kind of get him in prison, I think people may be, I hope, more I mean, aware yeah. and watchful of what's going on. And not just with artists though, not just on what's an artist doing and who am I, but just in their communities, I hope this is the takeaway from it. But this, this is a conversation that I've been having with people post this R. Kelly thing because people are like we're just we're just we just make noise and then move on to the next mm. thing there's yeah, no consistency about, there's yeah. no and I was I was trying again sometimes try and look at things 360 I'm like for all the noise that everyone makes yes we have the social media outpouring and everyone's angry or fake angry and all this noise and then they go back to their everyday lives and there are people that will be cussing R. Kelly but going home to the same situation in that 
yeah. some way, shape or form. But then we shouldn't overlook the groups that might grow out of it, the support yeah. networks that might grow out of it. And for every, if it's not a thousand people, even if it's two people that are like, you know what, my uncle's touching me or my auntie's touching me or something's happening yeah. or some person done this to me. If some people speak out, there's been effective change. But yeah. I think we always want these things to have a mass yeah, a, a huge yeah, shift. And it doesn't, shift. It doesn't like work that. like that. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It just. It just doesn't work like that because it can help the, it the generation the that is yeah. like affecting at this moment. And I think there are way more young girls that I've spotted talking about it. Like um, I shared in one of my groups, Zola Moon, who did the stripper story a couple of years ago that went viral on Twitter. I don't remember that. Uh, I'll send it to you. It was brilliant. But um, Zola has she still has a following and she's in her late 20s now i think maybe she's actually just 25 and she put up a post saying like when she was 14 she was in a relationship with a 25 year old man and at that time she's in it she's 14 with her 14 year old brain she's like this is my boyfriend it's the love of my life he did everything for her as well but he also had a wife with three children jesus <laughs> yeah and he's 25, so he absolutely is way more mature and knows what he's doing. And you're with a 14-year-old, just a child, having sex with her and all sorts and conducting a relationship for a year until his wife got in contact. But it was her summary on with her 14-year-old brain thinking I'm in a relationship and knowing now with her 20-something-year-old brain, I had absolutely no clue what I was in, mm. but he did. Mm. And if people can share those stories again, when I was in school, if you, if I could have shared that with my friends, yeah. I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong, but they're in it. But if there was something where you could be like, look at this 25 year old has mm. written this and we could talk about it in some way. Maybe it would have jogged something like, actually, no, this let's is really wrong. Yeah, yeah, let's just but allow it. There's that thing about um, society and money and poverty and yeah, mindset because it goes, Again, I've had so much conversations about this. I'm pulling conversation pieces from what I've had. People are like, "What about where? What about the onus on the parents? Where are we at right. with parenting?" This that is it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard. hard this, look, so here's here's my kind of overall stance on the situation. As I said at the beginning, R. Kelly is R. Kelly. Yeah, he's he's a predator. This, that, and the other. But there are parents making seriously bad choices and I think these are the things that need to be highlighted that can actually be changed like can you know we can actually have have an have an effect because as we said as we said previously it's just like even if you take away the the nastiness what's R. Kelly doing for anybody yeah. but there's still a a hypnosis mm. that people have of getting into that realm yeah, yeah. and being like if I'm if I'm in that that you know, around these people, this is going to elevate my life. So even weird. somebody like that. It's so weird because I feel like, because um, even, you know, he had his birthday and people like to the point where women are saying, oh, R. Kelly kidnapped me. me. I know. Are you mad? Seriously. But that is the level that we're at at this point. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's at this point. It's only because we're here now. In mm. the 60s, I'm sure yeah. it could have happened there. I don't think this oh, is yeah. new. I don't, I don't know. It's no, not none new, of this is new. I think we, we're acting like, because I keep saying, is this where we're at now? But I think this is just like, this is human behavior. It's what we do. And I think being a journalist and being in the mix for six years, seven, oh, yes. So we are seventh year of running the British Blacklist and being in space and being in front of celebrity, I'm not as gassed. But I, so I, it's very hard for me to be objective outside looking in because mm. I'm in it and I've met pretty much as many, as many of the people that I'd always dreamed to meet. And now they're human. And yes. being in this space, you see the, the strings as it were. Yeah. you know you see where this it's all just a circus yeah. and the merry-go-round and it's not to say it's not great sometimes being in space and you do get the gas and but when you really break it down you not know what not everyone gets famous not everyone yes. gets becomes a millionaire and it doesn't work like that yeah but i don't know how it's it's mad for me to it just doesn't make sense that people still see this thing and with internet and social media it's broken down the barriers of to what as to what celebrity life is like so why are people still easily gassed by it like Definitely. it's weird but at the same time if you're not in it but there's that one know. girl who is so far the most recent to come forward the one that was suing him because she oh, yeah, was given her was yeah. that the one on the red That's table 2000 no no the one on the red table oh, was actually table, yeah. um 
yeah she's <laughs> one of the first kind of ones really she's like yeah she's in her 30s now um but yeah the recent one she's 2017 yeah so yeah. you know See, i don't understand how that's happening you and and she said she's heard all of it she googled stuff she had seen bits but she still entered into a relationship with him so it's very hard did she give a reason as to why she entered into it yeah. because um he denied it oh my lord because I, and i guess because his wife was like that's another thing i was talking about when he when his wife because on the surviving r kelly she speaks and people have been doubting her and casting her but i mean it's so i believe it her was in i, I believe, believe what happened to but, her but it's, it is loaded because then at one stage she was like don't mute him like she's gone back and forth but that's trauma so that's trauma you know, so you it's can't hard say and it's, how it's linear yeah to get over it because yeah. it's still but know. even the things that she was saying like what she said which is women i'll speak for women and vulnerable women or women who are insecure or women who just want to be in what society says is the perfect world to be in a relationship makes you a complete woman society has still has those stigmas mm, on it yes. you're not, go, you don't have a partner you're insignificant as a woman so when she's in it and he's displaying all these tendencies to her what got me and i forget it really hit me when she said i just wanted to go back to the man that i fell in love with yeah. that nice guy before he turned into the evil guy yeah. and i think a lot of women hold on to that hope that yeah. thing like I can even, shift it slightly. I can if shift I change, right. okay. we can get back yeah. there. If I and change, it, yeah. we can get back there. Let yeah. me not speak up. Let me not rock the boat because, damn it, I don't want to upset him. And we do have that thing. I, I speak for myself as well. Mm. Like that thing of what are we doing? What's the relationship? And like, you We're know that asking questions to rock the boat. Yeah. We're told not to rock the boat. Let yeah. the man do what he wants to do because yeah. we're told we're nagging. Don't try and change me. All this stuff. So all people, women tend to do is change themselves make themselves smaller and smaller and smaller in the hope and then the flip side is the man turns around and say look you just they tend to say the woman that told me about myself is the woman i'm going to be with yeah. yeah do you know what i mean like <laughs> there's all these kind of biases yeah even the going back to the the lady on the red table talk um that lady spoke about how um he got her to to do threesomes mm. and she was like oh, let me just do this because this is for my man. Yeah. And even just kind of sitting, listening to that, just like, rah. Like, that's that's like, you know, that's a level of dedication. Like, most people would be like, oh, let me change my hairstyle for my man or something like that. No, but, no. In this day, <laughs> I, I'm going to say again, in this day and age, but I don't believe it's necessary in this day and age. But with the heightened thing about fluidity, sexuality, mm. There is now, I'm saying now, a more openness and willingness because everyone's supposed to be free with these things now. And a lot of girls are saying, yeah, my man wants a free so I'm down. Yeah. To impress the man. Yeah. Because you think that this is what needs to happen because now men are like, yeah, man. A man could be fully homophobic, but they're right with lesbians. And yeah. then this is a thing yeah I don't mind if my girl does this that and the other flip it around and see how quickly they retreat (laughs) quickly but this situation here is like yeah we could do this and it's kind of the same thing as in the 50s you know still kind of cooking and conforming and it's the same thing but just in a sexually loose way but it's the same do you actually even want to do it um okay so I want to slightly change the the direction of the the conversation a little bit because we spoke about the parenting choices of the savages and allowing their daughter to be in that situation and i want to broaden out the conversation in terms of of parenting Mm -hmm. i always feel like when i'm with another parent who has successfully navigated all of the years that we We've are still about. got a few years to go yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah, but yeah. <laughs> i know yeah, like it never yeah. ends it? <laughs> but, but you know you've where you've been we is ahead of us yeah um the difference being you you raising a young young woman and we have two young boys and it's you always see that the focus is always about how women can carry themselves and, I'm, sure. and i'm gonna say something that you know but as a man and kind of knowing that the way that men think, I understand that that mm. rhetoric. I, I get it. Because yeah. what you're saying is is that there are there are bad people out there and I cannot do anything about those bad people. However, 
there are things that I can tell you to in keep which you safe. if you keep if you conduct yourself in a mm. particular way we can keep you safe yeah but you're right there is also the, the flip side of that is not intentionally but in a way you're excusing yeah the behavior of the men yeah yeah how what's the how do you find the balance I mean gosh damn <laughs> I I think and, and also it's important to look at as we said social class poverty where you, your social standing is where your employment status is your relationship status because I'm coming into it as a single mother and I knew I got I mean I had my daughter at 23 I was a tomboy no one thought out of all my group that I was the one that's going to have a baby it was random um, so and I was not prepared but I knew that the, when I found out and when she was born I was like and I wanted a boy and actually at this point I'm very grateful I didn't have a boy I think I would have done a good job I, I mean you know you would have done a good yeah. I feel like I would have done a good job but at the same time I can see the importance of at that point of having a man around if I had a boy but um, I had a girl and I think that was a divine um, intervention <laughs> that I had a girl <laughs> but the minute I had her my priority was making sure that I created a human that was not going to be a problem to society and I wanted to input mm. all the things I felt like I was missing as a child, mm-hmm. all the, the, the things I went through a harsher childhood than she did. Yeah. Um, bar being coming from a single mother. Other than that, I'd been through things that she would never know. Yeah. So I was like, this is my priority. And people always say like parents, they don't care. And it's not, and it's like, you've got to have your wits about you as a parent. Yes, exactly. You've got to have your complete faculties. And to be honest, my background didn't tool me with arm me with the right equipment i was just adamant that my child is not going to go through this world suffering the way i did yeah so she became my number one job we went through so many different stages um a a pivotal point was maybe when she was in her second primary school because i moved her from one primary school to another and it she started to get bullied and it came to a point where i thought I had a decision to make at work whether to keep the job or take um, not renew my contract and go part-time. And I said, let me go part-time so I can be there at the gate. So I want to take my child home because I'll need to be there because she's going through some stuff and me working round the clock isn't helping. Yeah. But that's a decision I chose. Some parents don't see... Don't have that. They don't have that yeah. or they don't feel... And it to me was an easy decision. Not that I had anything else going on, but I always had like... I work in media at that point but I also, also did hair. So I topped up my stuff with her yeah. doing hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe I felt like I had it easy. Maybe I had it easier than other people. But if you've got a contract and you've got a job and that is that type of job where you can't even take days off when you want. Yes, exactly. And you what have you no do? other skills. And you have no other skills. More money. Yeah. And the mindset, there's so much stuff. And I'm and I'm not to be patronised, I'm educated. Yeah. I had some, I had an upbringing. My mum was hardcore, Ghanaian woman. So there's the things that kept me from doing, going wayward on the back of some of the things I'd experienced in life was my mum's lectures. My mum talked to me all the time. What? When you was a mum or beforehand? Before, or, or... like growing up, like yeah. I didn't go off the rails because the lectures would be hours long. <laughs> I can't be raving, come in. You know, back in the day, then raving was raving and you could come yeah, in at all hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we used to go to a thing called Orange, start at 3 a.m., yeah, come home at lunchtime. Time, I'll be home like 2, 3, 4 in the afternoon. My what kind on the of life of my... is this? This was oh, no, riven life. Orange was wicked. Orange was gangster. <laughs> Hippodrome at Leicester Square. I don't want to even take it off course because I, I was, could. I was yeah. studying my books then time. I'm glad you were. I was raving hardcore <laughs> to jungle. It was nice. Coming home mm. and having my mum sit on the edge of the bed and talk. Wow. So I was like, I don't want to do that. She didn't even have to beat me. That talk alone <laughs> was enough. In... <laughs> my daughter's in the room she's not going to speak but she's laughing because she's got she knows she experiences the grandma's lectures now but anyway would you say that's one of the core things though? core things it's like input in your child's life my mum didn't have some of the tools that I feel like I've got for my daughter because yeah. she came from a different generation different background different upbringing so the thing she didn't realise and being an African immigrant to the UK I'm a born African child so I have different outlook on life yeah. there's things that I know my daughter would need on top of what the old school stuff is yes. Yeah, to exactly. manage navigate this world because yeah. being British and black is a different thing and being mm. African before Afrobeats and Caribbean mm-hmm. and reggae became one yeah. there was that divide as there well yeah. big, and it still happens yeah, but, now but yeah, it's but, not at least we're mm, a bit more culturally mm-hmm. together yes. unified so there's all these type of things that I think I know as a British black person that I had extra tools to install in my child so um, 
I was aware, and for me, my child was my priority. So she came first. I'm not saying I did it perfectly. There's times when like, yeah, I'm going out. So she might go to a babysitter or whatever, but she came first. And I don't know every parent has that option. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. hard for me to criticize people, but I know what I did. I went above and beyond to make sure that she's okay. I think she's okay. She's a little bit stupid at times. She doesn't tidy up the way I want her to. But you can't, you can't it's not an easy job at all. And where we're bringing up boys, and I'm super aware of that same thing, that same intention that I want my boys, I want them to be happy and I want them to be effective in society and contribute and leave a legacy and how we really bring them up to not think that women are playthings or are lesser so that you can do whatever you want and they must succumb to your will like that they have their own intentions as well and you have and to be protective so i still have those kind of masculine ideals for them but i also want them to firmly be rooted in equality mm. i think that goes to potentially also how the men in your family are yeah how you and your husband interact yeah because that's another thing you, it's the visual references because sometimes i sit there as a single and i think single moms get in the neck yeah even though yeah, it's become a societal norm now that especially when i was coming up and my daughter's even said before this time when she said people judged her yeah definitely for coming from a single parent home Do you know and i never even knew that was a thing like that people would actually make her make a like statement a because because it's yeah. so commonplace Do you know what the crazy thing is so it's 1998 and i've just started university and we're all sitting in our kitchen in our dorm and everyone's we're having chats and there's Back no, chat, no, no. the old version. Yeah, the old yeah. version of back chat. <laughs> and we got onto this subject. And in the room, I was the only person whose parents were still together. Yeah. And everybody went, raw! Come and me, boy from Essex, was just like, I don't understand why this is, yeah. why this is remarkable. But obviously over the years, you know. It kind of happens. I remember it really taking place while I was in school. Um, 12 years old and my mum and dad broke up when I was like 14 like proper like dad gone but there was loads of families going through that now that was deemed different to a single parent because you had two parents and then you became a part of the divorcee set that there was loads of us oh, wow. but a single parent like no dad there and one. you're br- brought up by your mum definitely there was a thing of like oh really yeah just like that's uh, interesting what's your house like like d- there was definitely that there was definitely the that, same thing that that kind of sentiment where um my primary school best friends lived near me and was brought up by their mum that wasn't a thing for me because i spent a lot of time in their house i was a latchkey kid so it was i went there Standard, a lot yeah. yeah so it wasn't anything but there was definitely, I could see it. There was, there was a sentiment. Like, it would be kind of like, oh, they're, they're kind of, you know, it may be wayward or their mum is probably struggling. It was just that perception of their home life is harder than ours. It's interesting because I, I never, and I, when I'm just thinking about my friendship groups, I was the only one from a completely single mum, actually, because everyone in my high school, my best friends, in my primary school, there was one of my best friends who was adopted and um so her mum was single had had a divorce and her mum was a divorcee but she was adopted everyone else had kind of like mum and dad in the home yeah. and in my high school everyone had mum or dad in the home or a stepfather okay yeah um yeah. Mm-hmm. i was the only completely single it's it's interesting and i think my daughter's had that like because she speaks well and because mm. she yeah. presents well clean dressed fed and yeah. you know not looking straggly people are kind of surprised like oh, oh. oh yeah. i thought you lived in a house you live in a flat, all this type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just weird. It's funny talking about the stigma because I didn't really think about it up until this moment. But then also when my dad passed away and then I would have conversations subsequent after that, if I would mention my mum, like on a form or something like that, or talking to someone like in, a, in an official capacity, like next of kin, da, 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 I would always have to make it a point to say, that my, my dad, dad passed was, away. Because you want to reinforce that. I'm not from that type of background. Yeah. That, that, and I, I literally... The, the unconscious biases yeah. that yeah. you have. Um, I, 
I can't remember the forms that we had to fill out to get married, but it seemed quite, it was like on a lot of forms. And I hadn't been used to it because I always put my mum next to King. It's always yeah. my mum's name. Mm. Where it was like more my dad. Yes, yeah, like, so something to do with the marriage certificate yeah, and the, the bands. Really, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But it was, yeah, it was a few kind of forms that we were filling out yeah. and it just had father. And it was like, wow, I had, so, you know, I didn't even really know my dad's address. And I actually contacted yeah. him like, what's your address? Because it would always be my mum. But yeah, it was seeing the official side of life where father was the, you know, the prominent one. So in, in that, and in raising children, it's, there's so many things with parenting that if you as a human being is not 100% complete, it's very (laughs) hard because there's times when I know I've done the most to try and protect my child from seeing anything that's going on in my life. You don't know when I'm, um, you know, freaking out about whatever. Mm, mm. That could be like man trouble, could be friend trouble, could be work trouble, but I try and protect her from that because I don't want her to feel my stress. But there's a lot you've got to have because I think in a relationship I, I broke up with someone I mean, I was in bed for a week because I was so distraught yeah. and I don't know how much she understood but I was also trying to I had to hold myself together yeah. Yeah. but there are people that don't have that that, that, that kind yeah. of strength and they fall apart and they fall apart and, and then it could be it. the people out of mm. control then the child's somewhere yeah do you do you see um, a lot of yourself in your daughter I do like something that's um, been happening to me recently and if and it's always the negative things i don't know i don't know if that is if it's the same for you but i Absolutely. i'm <laughs> of course not of course not darling not. so at the moment i say negative it's not like a strong negative but it's, it's something in me that i find annoying and it's something that i know that nana finds annoying as well so i remember years ago before the kids um she was saying how you never not never but very frequently you'll never say yes or no you'll say maybe but actually your maybe is a no but you'll never say no. Okay. And of recent, whenever, and it's generally with the eldest, I ask him something and he'll be like, I don't know. I don't know, maybe. Mm. But, and it's, and it's frustrating because <laughs> and I, I guess this is, you know, karma. Cause it's like, to me, like the questions that I'm asking, I don't know and maybe are not even, they don't even they make sense, sense as answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's been something that has been, you know, it's a mirror coming back on me. But then the other thing that I find where children also kind of help navigate you as becoming a a better person and human being is um, a couple of weeks ago, we were out in the the shed in the back and he was lying on the sofa. I had both of them in in the shed with me and Akai was lying on the sofa, but he was watching me. And I I was acutely aware that this, the child is just, he's just watching what, what I'm doing. And we had gone into the shed because I said I needed to tidy up and, and whatnot have you. And so I'm, I'm doing something on the computer and da 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 and then a kaija comes along and asks me to do something else. And each time we're doing something, I, I kind of punctuate it with, we're going to do this and then I'm going to tidy up. We're going to do this and then I'm going to tidy up. And my man's just lying on the sofa. And then out of nowhere, he goes, Dad, you know that you always just get distracted? That's my thing. And... I'm not gonna lie. The when he first said it, yeah. When he first said it, yeah. So I have a I have a response mechanism in me which I feel like is old school African dad. Yeah. yeah. And when he first said it, my old school African dad response was gonna be, shut your Your mouth. mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who are you talking to? But then I was just quiet and I just went, why, why, why'd you say that? <laughs> why, sir? And then he, he went on and explained it. But obviously I knew, I knew in the moment he said it, I knew exactly. And, but it's, those moments are beautiful as well because. You learn. There yeah. you go. When you say that, I know that I tell my daughter off for not finishing, following through on stuff. She'll do 10 things at once. I do that all the time. Yeah. And I know, so there's, there's, she definitely holds a mirror up to myself. And you spot it in it. You can spot I, it. So and I'm just like, doing it and you're just like, it's oh, harsh. It makes it's me angry. No, 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 it's harsh. Yeah, stop yeah. it. Because yeah. like, and she's older now. So yeah. that's ingrained in her. So yeah. I mean, she can change it. She has to consciously, maybe when her, maybe my grandchildren will wake her up. But I've seen like, Am's finished that. Why don't you ever finish anything? And I can do that. And I've, yeah. now I'm kind of consciously, if I see something, I could drop something. Like, I'll come back for it. Yeah. And then she does it, I'm going nuts. So it's like, all right, I have to consciously see something. I force myself, pick it up, 
put it where it needs to be. Sometimes I'm in the kitchen, I'm washing up, and I'm like, oh shoot, I've got to do something for TBB. Let me run and do that. And I'm like, no, yeah. stop. <laughs> Finish the kitchen. Because I've always said to Ams, this is our relationship's great. We're very open, we're very conversational, we have conversation. There's communication is always key. Communication. So for all the parents that don't know where their kids yeah. are and all that stuff, no. Communication is key. Um but I always say to I've always said to her, if you're gonna argue with me, make sure you have your fact, because I will bury you. Like yes. we'll take it to old school. I will I'll I'll F up a kid, as um, Bert, the late Bernie Mac said. Oh, I'm not scared to hit you in your throat mm. if you're lying. Like, don't, if you're going to be come at me and be like, be rude, I actually want you to cuss me. But make sure in every cussation that you're giving me, every fact is on point. Don't let me undermine you because then you're going to get battered. That's always been a thing. She's giggling in the back. That's always been a thing. So I just like, have your, you know. I, I, like, I like that. Yeah, no. It's, we have those kind of convos even with the boys at the moment and when they stump us i am like you have yeah. to give it to them it's like that's what i want yeah i want you to point things out and stump it because then i know that your intuition right is working yeah and you have your inner beings on your side and right you, you, so you don't need i don't need to guide you so much i can trust that you can guide yourself to a limit it's also annoying though it's, of course it's, it is. I always get annoyed, but I'm always so proud because I'm like, I'm no, I it, it's it's, it's, it's a part ego. That's yeah, what your ego gets. Your we, ego we, gets we, we were in the car, and so there's a number of games that we'll always have in the car. One of them is I Spy, um, and it was Judge's turn, and I think it was W or something. But we just for love no money, no one could get it, and he's sitting in the back, smug like, "Do you give up? Do you give up?" And really, like, probably. 30% of me was in the game. Other part, 70% were like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite over this. Like, So he's like, do you give up, do you give up? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I give up. And then he asks his brother if he gives up. The guy's like, no, I don't give up. And then it was quiet for a bit. And then the guy goes, dad? I was like, yeah. You know, you told me that in life you should never, ever give up. <laughs> Have you seen? Have you seen? And you just want to be like, I... <laughs> oh, this is the point. Oh. This is the... Yeah. And so then there's silence and I'm like, Okay, what was the letter? <laughs> gotta get back on your you game. gotta get back on the game. But this is a thing with that whole um, because going back to all of this and parenting and how we raise better kids. Um, I lost my point. Um, it's when when my mum raised me. There was no talking, you know, the African mm. thing. Yeah, there was no talk. There's no instructions. It's, isn't it? it's just you get talked at. Yeah. And it worked because I, re- I, I retained. I think there's room for that. There's room because I got talked at and it retained because yeah. that's like I said, I was out there in the streets, but it stopped me from doing that much more. Yeah. Right. I was, I pushed the limit to that much and I didn't. I wasn't out. There's so many things I could have done and I could have, I'm, I'm going to say use, I could I could say I could use my background of the stuff that I went through as an excuse. Oh, absolutely. But I didn't because my main thing was my mum, I don't want to have to come and face my mum and that lecture and her disappointment. So it held me back from doing so many things. But there has to be room for communication. My daughter, I kind of, she, she was saying the other day, just talking about, I used to have to call my mum every minute. And I was thinking, oh my God, I sound like a mad woman. She's like, when I left the house, when I got to the bus stop, when I got to school, when I left school, maybe even during lunchtime, <laughs> after school, after school, I'd be calling, mum, I finished school. Mum, I'm on the bus. Mum, I'm at the station. And it became, because <laughs> I was like, sorry, I sorry, sorry, you lost me. What's the point? Like, no, point no, no, is, no, no, no. I mean, like, what's wrong with that? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's, but this to is me, the thing. I'm, I'm like, that. But it's, there's nothing wrong with it at all for me. Because I, I will be doing the same thing. I know you disagree, but... Yeah, but no, but it's like the checking in and it became habit for her. So since she's like, checking in, checking in, checking in. I know where my child is. But even in that, only like maybe last year we were having conversations. She's like, mum, you do know that one, sometimes I'd go to Peckham. And, <laughs> and these times now I'm like, wait. But wait, but I didn't, because she's old enough now. So I was like, okay, yeah. cool. Because my mum didn't know where I was half the time. Yeah. We didn't have mobiles and all that stuff. <laughs> so imagine now my child's good. So I'm, I'm as much as she might tell a few little lies and she just clarified it was only one time she lied and went to Beckham. I'm thinking that's the only lie she's ever told in her whole life. Okay, <laughs> of so. course. Um, but then what are you doing? What are you doing when you've got, you know, I'm, I'm quite small. So if yeah. I get, my nephew's like six foot something. 
and he has respect for me. So, but he, he tells me stuff and I'm like, okay, you, we have a good communi- conversation. We communicate. Yeah. But what you, what do you have when you have a, let's go very stereotypical, a single mom, you've given birth to some son who's six foot Sutton and he's like, no. Yeah. What, uh, What's, what, I, I, what do you I do? I don't even think my sister would mind me mentioning this, but that is exactly where we're at with my nephew. Where again, he is, he's probably like six foot one now very tall he's 16 and he is absolutely not conforming to anything and it's not even conforming it's a desire to want to fulfill his potential yeah and when you're trying everything like just okay come on like he did one day working with me then he was like I don't want to do it again go to college won't even go to the interviews but if you need somebody to even be willing to kind of respect what you're what you're saying this is the best for your life and they want it for their life if if somebody doesn't want the best for their life really what I've learned is there is absolutely I I don't know if somebody can help get that going but at the moment we are at what do you even do to get them to want to be better and even that's a thing of I know there's times when we're not alone but I'm, you know, my brother doesn't live in this, um, in London. He lives in Manchester. My older sister lives in Croydon. We're, we're not extremely close. I lost a sister. So it's just me, to be yeah. honest. My dad's around, but he's old anyway. So it's just me. So when things happen and I can't call on the troops, because I think, remember we, we, all of us used to be in a Facebook group. Yeah. And come, I think something happened. I can't remember what it was with my daughter. And I put it out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like, yeah. And the bullying and stuff. And, they, and the people like, we'll run it. But yeah. it's, it's like, it's nice to know that there's a backing there. But in the moment of something, yeah. and we went through something recently, the moment of being in something and thinking, well, who do you actually call? Yeah. How yeah. do you actually really yeah. get help? Because you're aware people work. People live close to... Yes, you can meet up to go raving, but in the reality, people don't live on your doorstep unless you're lucky to have all your people and your family in one yeah, space. Yeah. It's not easy, so you get on with it. Yeah. And it's hard to say, guy, people, I need help. But if it's not your immediate family and you're sometimes your closest friends, they got stuff and you know yeah. you're already aware. So my son and my daughter's acting up. And you well. hide There's things huge as well. shame yeah. because there is this, but what are you doing as a parent? Yeah. And there is this rhetoric, even... Um, recently the boy that got stabbed yeah and it is like the agencies why didn't the agency step in to help him where was his parents where was his family it's the hardest thing when you're actually in it and watching it like a minute with my sister and thinking if anything happens to my nephew i know this is what people would be saying what did you do and it's like absolutely everything that we could do yeah. that we knew that was out there but there really isn't much help when you're actually in the mires of how do I help my child yeah you're getting rhetoric from people like oh sign them up to this program he won't go to this program what do I do yeah like, what and in the meantime even... of doing that I've That's got to work I've got to pay exactly. my bills and because if I don't pay my bills society doesn't say oh you know what you're having a moment with your child let's, let's we pause. Can handle everything yeah no there's, there's none there's of no that pausing. and even if you're in even not just single parents it's also when you're both in it you can't yeah. be in, in a 2.4 relationship because no, we, we've got um, a child a guy that a young boy that we know who grew up in a church his mum his dad's the, the priest mum's you know married sister it's a 2.4 family yeah but he still managed to find himself on road yeah for whatever he's lacking we don't know yeah but he still managed to find himself he managed been, the boy's been in prison twice or whatever yeah. what prison now but you grew up in the church yeah how much more Stable, perfect that, and stable it's not even it's it's the so hardest what do you do? thing because it is like which agencies do you reach out to and people are a bit like oh yeah we can do mentoring but then there's always a Hoops bit of to go through we got to get him here yeah or, but it's a bit like if the person is absolutely unwilling and that's what as i was watching surviving r kelly it's like if the person that's in it is unwilling to actually leave where do you where do you extract them from exactly you can't even what do you do and it's very easy as society to be like what did the parents what were they doing where were but they you're also dealing with another human being that has free will and you can't are you going to kidnap them too like is this the double hostage situation yeah. i kidnap i kidnap you from this one that's got you and to me that's very similarly to like this gang lifestyle it is like extracting your child from it yeah. because they are also addicted there's something in there there's something that keeps them 
going to and the same thing, thing the you, danger, especially when you're in you saw you wanted to say something there, no, but you mentioned the point about free will and um so even taking it to the boys so they're young and at the, at the moment so dinner time in our house consists of what do you want to eat and then it got to a point where i realized when did my mum ever ask me hey, what I want to imagine. eat? Imagine. <laughs> and, and, and I always have this kind of, like I said before, this, this fight with the old African style of parenting sort of thing, thinking, well, well you know, you can, you can give them that choice. But I really believe that actually, no, there's, there's, a, there's a fine line between them having choice and you actually being like, setting rules. This is, this is what it is. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, that's where I'm at at the moment now with a lot of things are like, I'm actually taking away a lot of choice and you need to learn that actually there are some things that just are. And my, my thinking behind it is, is that, because when you when your child gets to the age of 16 or 17, and they have their own free will, and they start exercising their free will, that's when you will become a cropper. Yeah. Because it's just like, so actually let me now set the parameters. Yeah. When you're older, you can try and break out those parameters, that's fine. But actually it's really necessary for those parameters to be in place now, just to guide you, like you know, when when you're planting a tree, you put the stick on by the side of it. To hope, yeah. And, and and that's that's what's needed. But and, and I think as well, because society matures our kids early. I kept my child quite young. And she sometimes says, like, mm, I was, everyone's talking about extenders and I couldn't watch, I couldn't join in because, yeah. so sometimes it was a hindrance to her social popularity. Mm. But in hindsight now, she's a fully care. rounded person. I, I prefer, I prefer this child than the one that could have been talking about this, that, and the other, and trying this, that, and the other. So you have to look at the signs and know, I'm going to be very careful how I say this anecdote, but someone I know's daughter, again, 2.4 family, this is a white family. And the daughter's 11 and she's been going off with boys in her school into the forest with boys. And he was like, he was distraught. He's like, she gets everything. I talked to her. I've told her everything. What's she doing? And then, and it looks like she's desperate for popularity because of the whole social media and popular. And she said that the girls like me when I talk about all the stuff I do with boys and stuff. That's, I'm I'm very, I'm really simplifying it. But that's a white family. So we talk about all the stuff that goes in our community. That's a white family talking about it. So you have to... I don't know, it's hard, I don't know, it's hard. It's not the easiest at all. It's not easy. And it it doesn't help that there are other people that are always like, what's the family doing? Yeah. I I can absolutely join into that bandwagon as well. But being on the other end of seeing, like, actually, as a family, we try everything. But you also do need the person to want to be willing to change things. I think it's a combination. There has to be, like, that willing to... There's so much help. Like, absolutely, he could start a business tomorrow and he would have money to do do it it. and everybody would be like, we're going to help you. But if the person's like, no, I don't want to do that. And you don't even know what they want to do, but they don't do anything. It's very hard. You see, that segues into when people are saying that girls, they know what they're doing, going for these guys. There's this conversation there, but that's a very grey area because when does maturity kick in? When does onus and responsibility kick in? But we have to go back to how we raise boys primarily to view girls not as a plaything, not as something that's there to be, serve their will yeah. let's level make it equal you especially because people that grow up with um, a brother and sister type, type family and yes. the girls are all stuck in the kitchen and the boys are like eh, whatever yeah. change that yeah. everyone do the chores Definitely. everyone do everything to every level so there's no expectation when you're older that this woman is here to serve me or as a woman i'm there to serve a man and I don't know. Because you do see it in a house. You Definitely do. how I was raised. I think my brother had it a lot easier than really because I'm the youngest. So I, I got a blight anyway. Oh, yeah. But compared to my sister um, and even to me, to some degree, there was more onus in us having a home than there was on him. Yeah, definitely. And my brother still had chores, but it wasn't in the set or that we had to go places with my mum. He didn't have that. He he could go out. He had way more freedom. And then I just jumped off of the freedom that he was given. Like, I'm going to try and get a bit of that as yeah. well. But another girl would have totally complied. And, and he had a free reign. But really, everybody needs to be kept in a tight ship. There shouldn't be this freedom that a boy gets and a girl doesn't get. Can I ask you guys what you're going to do when it comes to boyfriends and stuff? Because another conversation is coming out with the R. Kelly thing. I know we've got to wrap up 
but it's that boys are told, oh, you've got your little girlfriend and girls dare not talk about it, no, but you've got no boyfriend. No. So very early, it's like you've got a girl girlfriend and then, oh, he's got more than one girlfriend. It's always celebrated when guys, boys the have got boys this have attention yeah, and they've yeah. got lots of little girls running after them. Yeah, yeah. But And it's true, yeah. you do get that kind yeah. of, I've probably been guilty of it. Like, oh, you got other girlfriends. But then when it gets to a certain point, what are you going to do? Like, no, because... I, I definitely think about that whole thing of, um, a bringing a girlfriend home or how that goes down like if a girlfriend comes along like, but just, even also just like not how many girls diminishing many... if this is your girlfriend and you're saying this is your girlfriend I absolutely will not have the rhetoric that I found being with Russell because we were quite young like it's like this is a plaything. yeah like uh, you, if you bring a girl home and any girl that you bring home, I'm taking serious that you are serious about her. So I'm making it my point to make it like this is serious. Mm. It's never you're sowing your wild oats or the, because you're young, this is going to end soon or the, absolutely none of that. Because then you are adding into the disposable culture that this is a, a woman, can, you can play with this one for a while until you... Or we out. agree that this is the right person for that. Like, absolutely not. If they who and I, I truly believe that in stealing in them that you are the best person you can be, and you're being guided, and you are God's child. You're not going to play about with another human. That's that's that's, the, that's the human that I want to create. Yeah, you're not even. This is not going to be in your path to be playing around with another woman. Yeah, and respecting yourself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> that was so romantic. Um, on that note, thank you very much for coming down and chewing the fat with us. No worries, it was and fun. And helping, because actually that solidifies, that's the man that I want my boys to be respectful and actually be like, nah, we don't even, we don't even, and, and to call out other people that's around them. Yeah, you I think know, that's really what it is. Really be strong in your convictions, like this is how you treat people women men there's no disposable bodies yeah that's the important thing and And you can call out your friends on that and know that when you're doing stuff like that you're disrespecting yourself actually you're not treating the person like crap you're actually treating yourself like crap because you're actually saying you're not worth being proper clean and decent and and... sorry you were trying to say goodbye (laughs) i'm going now okay bye